Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, a podcast about just having fun skiing and riding. I'm your host, Jeff Squawman. Certainly appropriate for this episode. It is Saturday, actually it's Sunday, March 29th, 2020, and we're recording from East Coast, West Coast Studios to talk skiing and riding. For those new to the podcast, the show is built around a featured ski area we've skied or ridden. To keep the conversation somewhat entertaining, we will review the mountain, talk ski news, play some trivia games, hear our guests' take on their ski and riding experiences, and learn the latest and all-important snow report. So sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding, Powderhounds. This episode will feature Squaw Valley, California. But first, let's get the latest snow report. But before we get into the snow report, we must acknowledge the impact of the coronavirus outbreak, a truly unprecedented worldwide crisis that has changed everyday life for all of us. These episodes are actually meant to be recorded around the big table after a killer day on the slopes. Sadly, we can't do that right now. But practically, this episode aims at providing a temporary distraction for all of us who simply need it. Stay healthy and safe, everyone. All right, guys, it hurts to read the snow report, but I believe I'm seeing a couple inches of snow in upper 30s in Squaw Valley uh, forecast tonight and tomorrow, and then mid-40s and sunny the rest of the week. Calling all backcountry skiers and riders, prepare to have a smile on your face. All right, let's get to it. First, for folks who listened to the last episode, Stowe, Vermont, the Stone Hut special, I recently posted a bonus track with the facts needed to put to rest the Stowe Ski Area Saga. Check it out if you, too, need closure of the great debate of 2020. What came first, Toll Road, the Bruce Trail, or the Nosedive Trail? Back to Squaw Valley. As with all episodes, the point of the featured mountain is promote the ski area. While the Olympic Valley probably does not need a lot of help with promotion, I'm still going to promote the ski area in my own way. Rockin' a Alpine Meadows long sleeve t-shirt, which I picked up to help me remember an incredible day on the slopes, particularly on Scott Peak, Nolan. While not from California, I'm drinking a Sweetwater IPA. If I wasn't on lockdown, I'd likely have a San Diego, California-inspired Ballast Point Sculpin IPA in hand. Now, I'll admit, I've only been to Squaw Valley one time, joining one of my ski family's annual ski trip. While there are tons of well-versed experts on all things Squaw Valley, I'm surrounding myself with two experts that will either challenge or confirm my literal fresh take. If you're still unconvinced, a four-day North Lake visitor is fit for the storytelling that lay ahead, I share this surely fitting quote written by author Donna Gold previewing her experiences about cool stuff to do off the beaten path in Maine. Quote, only as a tourist do you truly know a place. When I enter a town as a visitor, my eyes are wide, my mind fresh, I can make connections without critiques. And while I may come to know the place better, I will never again see it that clearly. Let that settle in, folks. Let it wash over you. All right. I appreciate the chuckle. I suppose I could have just said first impressions are often memorable uh, and often tell a good story. All right. My Squaw Valley escapades will forever be burned into my brain because it was a progression of absolute awesomeness each day I was there. Granted, it started way, way down in the Squaw cement. You guys have to tell tell us all what that means. But before we dig out, let's talk about the ski area. Before I introduce my awesome guests, here's a little context about Squaw Valley and the Lake Tahoe area. 
Squaw Valley, also known as Olympic Valley for obvious reasons, was put on the map way before skiing, actually during the mining rush of the late 1800s. Gold mining was the initial draw to the west until pioneers realized the abundance of timber that lined the lake. Extensive logging in the Lake Tahoe Basin dominated the late 1800s and removed nearly all the area's forest. The timber was used to support the underground workings of the Comstock mines. To this day, the area is still recovering. You can reach out and touch a piece of that logging history visiting the Watson Cabin located in Tahoe City, the oldest log structure remaining in North Lake. Uh, Lake Tahoe is so big, it is actually split between two states, California and Nevada. The skiing began in 1942 when two ski adventurists, Wayne Paulson and Alex Cushing, began building the resort and all 50 rooms. Just 18 years later, the popular landmark for winter sports became host of the 1960 Winter Olympic Games. There were many firsts that occurred at that Olympic Games. It was the first games to be televised, the first games that computers were used to tabulate the results, the first time a woman took the Olympic oath of, on behalf of all the athletes, and the first time all athletes were housed under one roof. How about that? Fast forward to the modern day, and Squaw Valley is one of the largest ski areas in the United States. It is, home, it is the home mountain to professional skiers who may have dabbled just a bit in the Olympics, gold medalist Johnny Mosley, Julia Mancuso, and so many others, and is one of a handful of ski areas located in the heart of North Lake. Some refer to it as Squallywood, as many natural features happen to be located under the lifts, perfect for moments of stardom and failure alike for all to view. Film crews and photographers swarm to capture skiers and riders taking on arguably the most inbound jump spots at a ski area. Squaw Valley is the big time. It's known for, fa for fast skiing, long hair, craziness, attitude, and the perfect place to pull it all off. Getting to Squaw Valley is convenient by flying into Re Reno Tahoe International Airport from the east or driving along I-80 through Sacramento from the west. All right, enough setup. Let's meet those awesome guests. Today, we have two guests in this Squaw Valley episode. Give it up for Laura and Nolan. We have a uh, local panel today. It's kind of funny. We, um, we actually had a, a few different trips together uh, between our guests. Uh, we did a little uh, Ragnar relay back in the day, a little Napa uh, run a couple years back, and then the uh, already referenced squat ski trip. So uh, we're going to probably bring a few, uh, few stories from those experiences in. Uh, Laura Nolan, welcome to the show. Now, before we dig in Squaw Valley, I want to hear a little bit, of, and your, the listeners want to hear a little bit about your skiing experience, sort of how long you've been skiing, what kind of gear you use, uh, go to mountain in uh, North Lake or just uh, the, the, the greater uh, Tahoe area, and uh, maybe a little, little preview of a go-to trail. Uh, ladies first, Laura, if you don't mind uh, maybe kicking us off. Squaw for two winters 
And uh, I still actually, even though now I live in San Francisco, I still consider Squaw my home. Nice. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Now, uh, you into the gear, or do you stick to uh, kind of uh, one pair? What do you What do you oh, What do you yeah, think? No, I, All mountain skis, powder skis. I'm what do you think? I'm an entrepreneur, and I have very limited budgets these days, so I All am right. definitely in a one ski quiver situation yep. right now. I'm yep. um, skiing on Solomon like QST 105s, I think. Okay. All right. All right. I haven't had Solomon's actually. That's one of the. That's yeah, one on my, my list. First pair. Okay. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. How about uh, is uh, so Squaw is absolutely home, given that you live there, the experience, experiences of, of living on mountain as well as in the area. Uh, if you had uh, to pick one of the six peaks, as I recall, which one would it be? Maybe why? Dumped her already. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm I'm a headwall person. Uh, girl, right. I, nice. I like some of my best turns of my whole life have been on that peak and off of that lift. So you can pretty much. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to give you all my secrets. Oh but, um, no, I'll, she's I'll, holding I'll, that already. I will tell the audience that you can pretty much always find good snow somewhere off of that lift. Okay. All right. We're going to leave it there for the time being. Let's bring Nolan in here. Let's get his fresh take or uh, actually a few years now fresh take. Nolan, how long have you been skiing? And actually, uh, the audience, we should note that Nolan, you uh, used to uh, snowboard. So uh, you're sort of a, you got, uh, you got both uh, un underfoot. What do you got? How long have you been uh, skiing though? Uh, I've been skiing since I was a kid too. I think uh, I started when I was six or seven years old um i grew up in colorado um that's right we were kind of on a limited budget back then so uh i grew up i learned how to ski on a little tiny mountain called uh, snowy range in laramie wyoming okay wow so, uh, i think it has like six trails and two lifts or something like that maybe three if we're lucky nothing uh, wrong with that let's get back to basics sometimes especially when you're learning okay exactly so uh, yeah i grew up skiing in colorado i stopped for a while uh when i was 15 when we moved to the east coast uh and then after college i kind of got back into it again all right well and hopefully the up, hopefully the... i picked up snowboarding because i didn't own skis and i won a snowboard in a contest so i learned how to use it oh that's right uh, and then i switched back that's to skiing right. again so uh I'm, I'm i've been a skier for the last uh nine years now or something like that yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think i'm going back but now, I threw up my snowboard in the attic somewhere still. Yeah, you, you got to dust it off. You got to dust it off. Now, the the snowboard that you won, was that uh, after like a film film preview, like the Warren Miller thing, or was that something else? Uh, that, I, won, I won my skis at a uh, Th That's what it was. You won the skis. So you were actually a pretty lucky guy when it comes to the... Uh, it, was, it was actually my dad won the snowboard. He gave it to me. Okay. So. All right. All right. All right. That's what it was. Yeah. I, see? You're impressed. And I'm actually... It's fun to hear Nolan's story because, fun fact, Nolan and I went to high school and to college together, but we never skied together in those days until we moved out to California, and now we ski together out here. How about that? Well, well, folks, let's bring it full circle. I also grew up in the same state as Laura and Nolan. I went to college also uh, with Nolan and uh, must have missed Laura too. And now, and then all those years later, we ran the, the, the Ragnar, the Napa, and now here we are talking about Squaw. So how about that for full circle? 
All right. Now, Nolan, where uh, would you say nowadays is your uh, home mountain in uh, the Tahoe area? Uh, that's a t- until recently, uh, my sister had been living in Incline Village. So uh, that's right. My home mountain was probably actually Diamond Peak. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Got a great view of the lake. In, uh, in Incline, I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, it's okay. That mountain. Not much big. It's not a big place, but on a on a powder day, you don't have any people there, and you can just Ooh. you can do twenty some runs, and it's just like fresh turns every single time. Hey, everybody! Hope you listened up for that. That was a little local knowledge right there. A little Diamond Peak, maybe maybe script the big guys. Uh, what would you say? Would you say your go-to trail is at Diamond Peak, or uh, would you pivot to a different mountain to say whatever you know trail would be your goal go-to on a powder day? Oh, sure you don't. I see what you're doing. You're backtracking from telling everybody about Diamond Peak. Okay. All right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> all right, now that uh, our guests are warmed up a little bit, we're gonna we're not gonna divulge all the all the. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Let's get back to the skis. The ones that well, I guess the ones you didn't win because that was a while back. What? How about the skis that you bought? Oh, uh, of course they are. <laughs> They're the free ones. Uh, of course they are. Yeah, so I won uh, at a happy hour before Warren Miller. I won a pair of K2 Obsessed from what? Uh, yeah, K2 Obsessed from uh, uh, yeah. So they're they're just like fully rocker powder skis, and they're just so much fun to, to ride. But just to clarify, this is the same pair of skis. Those are the skis you're saying are your favorite skis. The ones you won. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Meant to be. Just meant to be. Just because it's powder days when I get to use them, but uh, they're a lot of fun. Good problem to have. (laughs) Good problem to have. You've been using them quite a bit, I would imagine, over the last few seasons. Oh, man. uh, I had been riding uh, Solomon Sentinels as my all-mountain ski, but those had a a bad time in uh, in Chile this summer. And uh, so I I just got a pair of uh, uh, new forefronts uh, this year. Okay. Okay, not some, okay. All right. So you still got some uh, new skis to break in and some not so new skis you broke in. Um, all right. Well, we, um, we, we clearly see that gear is important to our West Coast friends, uh, considering the terrain and the, uh, the amount of snow that they, that they get. They really have to have multiple skis and, and uh, maybe uh, to, 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 to really maximize the time sometimes. But let's put it, let's put it an end to that the gear corner and move on to our first game now i know that both of you are competitive seeing you uh, run in the blistering heat of silverado trail in napa but we're uh we're going to do a little game it's called true false sounds simple right okay i'm going to make a statement and you're simply going to say true or false uh lake tahoe is the second deepest lake in the u.s nolan This is really difficult. True, true or false? Okay. That is true. Laura, what do you think? I think that's false. It is uh, true, actually. It's 1645 feet, and it's only second to Crater Lake in Oregon. So Nolan, surprisingly, takes the first one. All right. Don't worry. Plenty more to go. True or false? Walt Disney was an avid skier who often skied at Squaw Valley. Nolan. Uh, false. Laura. Uh, part of it is true, but part, well, uh, 
true. Absolutely true. You are right. He not only was an avid skier, he chaired the pageantry committee for the Olympics and actually helped finance Sugar Bowl Mountain. We are now tied for the play-by-play. All right, that's the last time we'll do the play-by-play. But <laughs> so, true, false. Squaw Valley hosted the Winter Olympic Games in 1964. Nolan. 64. I think that's false. I think it was later than that. Laura. Correct. You both get one. That's right. 1960, everybody. 18 years after they opened. Uh, true, false. Squaw Valley is the biggest ski area measured by skiable acres in Lake. Uh, yeah, in Lake Tahoe. Nolan. I'm sorry if I bo- botched that. Squaw Valley. Uh, uh, no, it's as an individual ski area. Good question, Laura. Oh, I'm sorry. I was misleading then. It is false. Heavenly is actually 4,800 uh, skiable acres to uh, Squaw's 3,600. Uh, so, uh, and if you want to challenge that, but I did clarify Alpine wasn't part of the calculation, so I think we're good. Uh, moving on, a couple more. Squaw Valley has six mountain peaks. Nolan. Oh, he's picking up on it. <laughs> I know Laura knows that because uh, we were talking about it earlier. So I'm going to give both of you. Uh, Squaw Valley is designated a California California historical landmark and named a pioneer ski area of America. Nolan. Uh, Laura. True. Correct. It is true. And I really thought that was a very cool thing, so that's why I plugged it in there. Um, all right, so this is... This is the tiebreaker here, and this is the final question for this segment. According to research, 39 trillion gallons of water can be found in Lake Tahoe. Nolan. Uh, that's false. Laura. It is true. Laura takes the lead after the game one. If it was ever drained, it would take 700 years to refill. All right, after the scores after the first game, it is five to four. So we are neck and neck, everybody. All right, this next segment is our main segment. It's really the uh, ski area mountain review. Uh, for folks that don't know, Squaw Valley officially registered as a ski area in 1949. The mountain profile is as follows. The peak elevation, 9,050 feet at Granite Chief uh, Peak. Skibel acres, we said in the trivia questions, 3,600 acres. Trails, 177. Lifts, 30. Average snowfall, 450 inches. Vertical drop, 2,850 feet. That's your ski area got six peaks uh i was just gonna kick it off uh before we kind of open it up bring the guests in on a little bit of my squad experience as i said in the opening i've only been there once but let me tell you it was a memorable once uh i'm just gonna describe it as blizzard progression now nolan i'm gonna bring you in right off the bat as you may recall uh three or four days before i was like calling and texting you like all the time because i think i-80 was closed like in Truckee and like between Reno and 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 yeah Truckee, uh, it was like crazy snowstorm after snowstorm and so much so I think there was almost too much snow for the ski area, for the ski areas. Uh, a couple of days before I came in, um, literally I'm landing 
so I had to take a uh, connecting flight from the East Coast. So I got there late. It was probably, you know, 11 o'clock at night by the time I touched down in Reno. And we still couldn't determine whether or not I-80 was open or if I had to go a different way. So not wanting to risk it, because you guys couldn't even tell on, like, DOT, uh, whatever it is, Cal DOT's Twitter account, exactly what was open, what wasn't, going east, going west, north, south, whatever it is. So I ended up going uh, I-580 south through Carson City to 50 west. While I'm driving down, I'm literally seeing trucks blown over on their sides on the highway. Like, it was just the end of the storm or the, you know, outer ring of the storm. So I'm like, what the heck am I going to find going into the lake? So somehow, I literally am like, just, no one's, you think you're coming up west, right, from Sacramento, and you're trying to go a different way. Jump in any time if you remember it differently. But the GPS... I had, I had to come up 50 around South Lake. That's right, yeah, because you couldn't... Because 80 was close. Yeah. So again, listeners, just think about this. Like, never been there. I'm driving in the dark. I've been flying all day. And like, I don't know if the road's even open. Just driving into a big lake at this point. Think about like the office episode where like, you know, Michael Scott's like, uh, yeah, they follow the GPS. So, you know, all these crazy thoughts in my head. The only kind of saving grace was that uh, I ended up, my GPS literally took me through Carson City right past the state capitol. And quick sidebar in my non-podcast job, uh, I do work at state capitals doing uh, some work, uh, policy work. And I actually ended up stopping, taking taking a breather, taking a quick picture. But I stopped like in the middle of the road because no one was around at this point. It's like 1230 and of course, as I'm out of my vehicle, a cop, a state police officer drives by, immediately stops, puts on his lights, turns around, comes after me. Long story short, I was like, hey, I just needed a break. Took a quick picture of the Capitol. Hey, officer, do you mind taking a quick picture of me in front of the Capitol? The dude actually did it. And uh, it, was, it was actually kind of a moment of levity and otherwise frustrating situation and stressful situation. But I did end up getting there at 1 a.m. Nolan ended up going to Truckee. I ended up meeting some friends in, uh, where, did we, where would we stay? Was it? Tahoe City? I think it was Tahoe City. Tahoe City, yeah. Yeah. So I got there. Uh, we survived. But let me tell you, a little harrowing adventure. Now, the reason that I, I set all that up was because that first day was, I guess, what we call there's either too much snow or the mixing of the snow created that cement kind of snow that maybe isn't unique to Squaw, but certainly uh, is uh, it affects the ski area and the skiing. So we didn't even, we were told not to even try to go to Squaw, and we ended up going to Nolan's Diamond Peak. You know, the problem with that was only half the mountain was open because they had the, either the cement up top or they haven't did, they hadn't done a, a avalanche mitigation yet. So um, anyway, we actually had a pretty good day considering uh, the weather. Uh, I don't, I think Nolan, you led, uh, led us around the glades kicking all these little little jumps and uh kickouts and uh little i don't know little gnarly wood kind of turns and jumps so it was actually a pretty fun day uh and it was pretty cool that uh diamond peak honored i think a 20 dollar discount if you had a, a different season pass so they kind of knocked off yes, a couple bucks that was pretty cool i think um the next day awesome uh actually they got snow at squaw i think nolan if you remember and we Oh, you stayed – okay, you didn't stay at the house. But anyway, the next day was uh, – they had some snow, and they opened up Shirley – the Shirley Lake area at Squaw. Is that right, guys? Um, yeah. Yeah. So we actually got some really good turns in, and I think, uh, Nolan, you might have met up with us a little later that morning. 
The next day, though, and that's why I want to bring you guys in, was lots of snow at Alpine Meadows, Nolan, hence the Alpine Meadows, Scott's Peak, where I literally was like, I really should have a shovel, a whistle, and uh, <laughs> and I really should see my skiing partner because there was so much snow, I think I literally was up to my chest at one point. Um, and then, oh my God, Siberia Bowl opened on the final day. Now, that was a lot of talking, so I want to bring you guys in a little bit, and I'll hopefully touch back to a few of those things, but oh my God, we went from squash cement way down here to like powder, soft, soft, fluffy powder all the way to your stuff above your chest in like 48 hours, guys. How does that happen? Is, is squat magical? Squat is a pretty magical place. Yes. The Sierras in general are magical. I think, um, I think what you have touched on is the severity and the magic of the storms that come through the Sierra and uh, they come through fast and they come through and they come through wet in the beginning of the storms which is why you're what you're experiencing in terms of the Sierra cement and then often they will get colder as the storm leaves and so that's why you'll get some of that more fluffy beautiful snow as the storms clear mm -hmm. and then often times what happens uh, up there as well is that uh, it'll just get really dry and windy and so it, again it'll pull a bunch of moisture out of the snow which um sometimes can be a good thing and sometimes isn't but um that's one of the i think beautiful things about the sierra like being having access to the sierras is uh seeing all of the different types of snow and how it evolves and how um beautifully mm -hmm. you know you can ski it in all different types of conditions but Oh man, I tell you. It's so fun to hear, oh. hear folks who come in from the East Coast and are just like blown away by the, by the size of the snowstorms. And Dude, it was amazing. Having lived up there, it was like. You don't, you don't get just like, like six inches, it's like two to four feet usually. Dude, it was it was insane. It was insane. And and really, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I, Nolan, you, you just. That day at Alpine Meadows was just. It was just amazing. It, honestly, I thought it was. It was almost scary. Like, it was that amazing. It was like, oh my God, is this real? Like, is this real? Is this day? Actually, the day eventually, <laughs> if you remember, it got real, real in a bad way because my flight got canceled yeah, started, the next it day. Started it started raining. Things like escalated terribly. However, at least in my experience, and I want to hear more from you guys, uh, that ended up getting me an extra day because my flight was canceled. My connecting flight in Denver the next day was canceled, so they had to bump me to Monday, which gave me an extra day in Squaw, and they got more snow overnight, another foot, and the best part, they opened Siberia Bowl after four days of being closed for avalanche mitigation, and guess who was on the first chair when they opened it? <laughs> this one time, dude, that it had only been there for two other days, <laughs> or one other day, because, we, yeah, so... Um, and that was just, uh, that was that was a whole lot of fun. But um, yeah, so talk to me a little bit about this. Is that like, you know, again, just that progression right there. That's like, is that that sounds like it's common, but it, at the same time, you get so much snow and squaw in, in the Tahoe area that, you know what, like, you know, you're just used to it and, and you just have to get the right ski or the right mindset to either go through the cement or just like get those like huge power runs with snow up to your, your waist or chest. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know, Nolan. What has your experience been? Um, 
Have you had a bad day? Uh, I think going back to the equipment, it really helps to to have a couple of different options because uh, you know you get those you get those days where that heavy snow comes in and those uh, those upset skis that I was talking about those those just suck. <laughs> If you don't have kind of fluffy powder, they're just yeah. they're shattering all over the place. So, okay. You know, okay. If, if you've got those good powder skis for those nice like fluffy powder days, they are no good on the uh, the Sierra cement days. You need you really need something else that can just kind of power through uh, a lot of crud. I, I think the skis that Laura has are perfect for like for most days. Like they're not going to get great float and a lot of powder, but for just about anything else, those are. Those are a good uh, a good setup to have. Now, what would you say for someone who's just going to Squaw for the first time? What would you say is like the way to approach Squaw Valley? Right, you got six peaks. When I went there, you know, we got good parking. We got there early enough. We sat in line at the I think the Futintil Futintil Futinal. There it is. Um, Nailed it. So, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think? What, what's uh, the so advice? One of the things that I think is the most magical thing about Squaw is that most of the and like most of the beginner stuff, like the intermediate and beginner stuff is actually at the top of the mountain. So the mountain's almost like a really big column. Oh. And, then all, and then it has like this plateau uh, on the top of the mountain. Okay. So if you take the Punatel up, uh, you can then have access to a whole beginner area that overlooks the lake and overlooks the whole valley and has gorgeous views. Um, but is it sort of its own contained thing. And then if you are, again, a, a beginner skier or you don't want to go down Mountain Run, which is the main way to get down back to the base area, mm-hmm. you can take the Funitel back down. So you can have a full experience of being at the top of the mountain without having to interact with the Blue Square, which is the main way to get down and like more traffic on that one run. So okay. that's one of the yeah. things that I love to tell people is yeah. to always go either, even if it's even if you're not a skier or you have family with you, to go at least take the cable car and you can take that right up to high camp and then you can just see the view um, and see there's a pool up there in the spring and and like restaurants and stuff. So there's things nice. to do even if you're not on skis or snowboard. Gotcha, I didn't know that. One thing you should consider though, uh, if you are a beginner, uh, those Laura's absolutely right, those beginner runs are fantastic, there's great views up there, but you should consider the weather, because uh, if you're a beginner and you're trying to do it up there, uh, sometimes when those storms are rolling in, you can get really, really high winds, like 50, 60 miles an hour up there, Okay. and it can get really cold and just absolutely miserable up at the top. Okay. Uh, so, if you've got a day like that, and you're going to be going out. I would consider going to Alpine Meadows instead because their beginner terrain is at the bottom of the mountain. Okay. 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 And then for so, folks uh, that don't know, it's sunny like Bluebird Day. Yeah. Squaw is absolutely the place to be. Yeah. If it's going to be windy and stormy, go to Alpine for the for the beginner stuff. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, just again, Squaw, uh, Squaw uh, Valley, Alpine Meadows is is the same. Uh, they're owned by the same company, so they're sort of used uh, in the same sentence, kind of like Aspen Snowmass for, for folks that don't know, and they're right next to each other. Um, and there might be some expansion, I think that might be happening, that might connect them. Uh, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on that. But um, now, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask, uh, I know that earlier you were a little cagey about your our secret stashes, but 
Is there any maybe little trail that uh, you suggest on the map? You know, we're not asking you to take, you know, talk too much out of turn, but any area that maybe is a little bit more uh, either not open as much. So if it is, go get it, or you know, maybe something that's um, harder to get to but worth it, or you know, just maybe hidden gem that uh, visitor, first timer who's not going to be ruining your experience every time uh, would uh, would benefit from. What do you guys? Can what can you share? I don't know those secret stashes, but I think uh, Silverado would be the one, uh, the Silverado chair. There's some there's some great stuff back in there, and I've only seen it open just a handful of times. Okay. And uh, I guess it gets tracked out pretty quickly, too, when it does open, but uh, if you can hit it, like, kind of right when it opens, uh, there's some phenomenal stuff back in there, like okay. cliffs, chutes, and steeps, and all kinds of... Not there. beginner territory, people. Laura, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I will agree with Silverado. Yeah, you can only enter Silverado through gates. It's it's quite a weird setup. But, oh, okay. Um, this is like, okay, uh, you're going through a gate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but my, so I have a couple different spots that I love. Uh, off of KT, I really love the east side trees. The, uh, the, track to get out there is a little hairy from time to time so okay. uh, proceed at your own risk but uh, if you do end up out there the trees are just super magical and the nice. snow is often really stays really great for sure um, even late in the day because of the aspect uh, and so I always love that spot um, also Granite Chief you know is kind of classic mm -hmm. and really fun but again, get it early, early in the day because a lot of that part is really south facing, so it gets okay. uh, yep. more sticky in the afternoon. Yep. Um, and I, oh, I also love um, Solitude, which is like this hilarious little lift that nobody really pays attention to. But I have so much fun back there. So um, nice. Okay. Secret. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, K2, uh, KT22 is on Skier's second peak, I think. Skier's right, and Granite Chief is the last peak, I suppose, on uh, LB, or the first one on Skier's left, I think. Right? If you're going the other way. But either it's way. It's like a long valley. So, yeah, Granite Chief is in the very back of the – Granite Chief and Silverado are kind of in the back of the very – Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right. All right. So we will uh, we'll take those as the tips of places to go on mountain. Now, uh, I'd like to shift a little bit to uh, off-piste. Now, I actually don't mean uh, getting off the trails illegally skiing. That would be, uh, at least on this show, the Powerhouse podcast, we like to stay on the trail as long as we can. But I'm talking about a little off the mound, maybe in Truckee, Incline Village, Tahoe City. You know, for the average uh, visitor, what would you think, uh, what would you recommend as places to check out? I know that Nolan and I, uh, he took me to Bruforia a craft beer kitchen in Incline Village. We met up with a buddy, Scott, uh, had a nice little kind of time there. We went to, I think it was Old Town Tap uh, for some roasted uh, roasted Brussels sprouts and some, some personal pizzas and some good drafts uh, in Truckee. But uh, what are your sort of local tips there on places to check out, eat, drink, be merry? Um, I mean, my favorite place ever is Moody's. I, I used to work there. Oh. I love that restaurant. Okay. It's an amazing, again, like little magical cafe restaurant spot in downtown Truckee. Um, and my other favorite one is the Cottonwood. 
The Cottonwood. Okay. A really great time there. The bar is super friendly and cozy, and the food is great, and always smiling bartenders, and uh, usually slightly too much booze. Good vibe. Smiling bartenders, too much booze. Like yeah. that. Nolan, how about you? What do you got? You're probably a trucky guy, if I had to guess, although you had that, uh, you know, uh, Tegan's place in Incline Village, so uh, maybe you're split. What do you got? Uh, yeah, so I think uh, the best place. I can think of to, to grab just a beer. There's a place uh, right down from Old Town Tap called uh, Mellow Fellow. Okay. And uh, they've got a whole bunch of different things on tap. Um, yeah, Old Town Tap, that's one of my favorite places to eat. Uh, and then I think it's called Marty's Cafe uh, right next to the railroad tracks. Huevos Rancheros. Uh, I was going to recommend their, uh, their Sloppy <laughs> Joe. is phenomenal. Oh, okay. I went there for breakfast. All right, Sloppy Joe's at Marty's. I went to Huevos, uh, Huevos Rancheros, and they were very, very tasty. Nolan, where, uh, where would you say you get the uh, pocket penis pancakes? Uh, sorry, say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard the screaming in the background. Oh, you're going to want to hear this one again. Uh, this will <laughs> shock your memory. Where do you get the pocket penis pancakes? That's right, everybody. Nolan Wheeler. Uh, I uh, actually was a brave soul and, and took some uh, tasty treats that uh, was prepared for him in the kitchen of uh, the house and uh, had them for, for a nice little mid uh, midday snack. So I just wanted to had to include that there. And, and part of that actual shenanigans was uh, so actually literally, yeah, in the shape, tinfoil shaped and everything, uh, pancakes. Uh, there's also some fun in the house where we used little stickers. They give away stickers uh, when you buy your lift ticket uh, of that Squaw Alpine Meadows. A lot of letters, right, in the, all those uh, in those four words. So Nolan, who's here, not to put you on the spot, but heck, this is uh, my show, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Nolan thought it would be great to cut out the little letters and then make little uh, other <laughs> other words and then stick those words on people's helmets. So in the morning, he got duped with the... <laughs> <laughs> pocket penis pancakes uh in the evening though he got back at those people and uh put together and i quote again with the letters from alpine meadows squaw valley veal is dope on the helmet of a vegetarian and then on the guy who's behind the pancakes small penis valley on his helmet only one of those stickers has been since removed guess which one it is laura that's right. <laughs> Nailed it. I feel like I should give uh, an extra point for you, but yeah, that's uh, that's literally it. Um, so you know, that's just little shenanigans in the house. And again, Laura living uh, in Squaw, I'm sure you had your fair share of shenanigans pre-show. Laura's telling me about a bear throwing a dog into a tree and and some other just crazy stuff. And it's just um, it's just all fun in Squaw. Uh, one more question, then we got to get a quick rating on what you guys think of Squaw. Uh, real quick. North Lake, South Lake, what's the deal? Can does everyone get along, or is there like this like boundary? What's going on, guys? Not, you know, what, what, what do you got? Initial thoughts. To me, South Lake is like the Jersey Shore. It's All right, we're gonna say that's a compliment. Laura, jump in. What do you got? Uh, the the thing is that uh, North Lake and South Lake have a symbiotic relationship, and they um, right. they have very different vibes. Thing is, in South Lake, 
there are casinos and you can get much cheaper hotel rooms. So you kind of take the good with the bad. Um, they both okay. have outstanding ski resorts. Uh, you know, Kirkwood is one of my favorite mountains, which is closer to South Lake. Okay. But they just kind of have different vibes, and it's mostly because of the difference in having uh, the casinos as a part of the culture versus not. Gotcha. Okay. Well, okay. It's true, um, but I think of North Lake more as actually Tom City and Truckee, and I guess Incline as well. Um, but it it allows both places to actually get amazing concerts through because people are um, you know coming through on the eighty to San Francisco, or and they have really good venues in both North Lake and South Lake, so performers love to come and perform in all of the casinos in both. Gotcha. Lake. All right, so you're kind of drawing um, a little bit, everybody. Which is kind of different vibes. So North, South Lake has uh, more kind of, in some ways, more restaurant options because of the mm -hmm. uh, additional tourist draw of the casinos. Um, and North Lake is a little bit more, it's closer to I-80, so it has more kind of industry as it relates to a more direct connection to the railroads and the highway. Gotcha. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Gotcha. Well, hey, uh, I'm glad we had that uh, clarified because it was uh, it was itching me a little bit. Now, if we, we had to give a rating, we only don't like to rate everything, but if we had to rate Squaw Valley on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, again, maybe a little biased, but where would you put it there in at least that, that Tahoe area? I give Squaw a 10. I mean, Squaw is like one of the best ski resorts in the country and in Tahoe, um, it, but it, it, rating on, are we rating on terrain or nightlife? Overall experience, Laura, overall experience, the it's hardest one. Mountain, so how can I not give it a that's 10? What, that's 10. it, Nolan, what about you, what do you got? Uh, I, would, I would give it an 8. Alright, you got an 8, okay, hey, 8's very, 8's uh, good. It's, uh, it's absolutely one of the best ski resorts terrain-wise in the country. Yep. Um, there's, it's on par with you know, I would say Jackson Hole in terms of like challenge that is yep. available there. Oh, um, no question. But uh, it can just be a hassle. Um, the the access, the the traffic, the parking, like that kind of stuff can yep. make it a little bit of a miserable experience getting in and out. Yeah, so, uh, got to go early, got to go often. And you know, for me, you know, I have to say I'm with Laura. I'm sort of in that ten. Uh, maybe I'll give it a nine point five just to have a little bit of room to grow. But uh, just in terms of the quality, at least from uh, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday for me, it was just out. It was the second best skiing of my life um, those uh, those days. So um, we're loving Squaw, we're loving North Lake, and uh, I uh, appreciate your insights, guys. Now um, we're going to go on to the second game uh, to keep on schedule here. Uh, there's going to be a prize though. You know, we got to play for something, right? Uh, so. Tying it back to uh, the little funny story I kind of uh, threw in at the end. Uh, unless we decide after the show, maybe a little gift card to one of those restaurants, Moody's, Cottonwood, Mellow, Fellow, or, or Mer uh, one of mine, Old Town. The prize that you guys are playing for in this game is a box of Bisquick, Tin Foil, and Alpine Meadow Squaw Valley stickers. So I hope uh, you guys, uh, I hope you guys are successful in this next game. All right, game two. This is called, and you, there's no choice in the matter. That is the prize we were playing for, uh, with instructions on how to make the shape. Sure. Uh, yeah, sounds like Nolan's already 
already won this prize. <laughs> he might. He might have. <laughs> he might have. He might have written the instruction manual. Um, game two. This is called name that ski area. So I'm gonna give you guys five hints, um, and then you get one guess. So if you know it right away from the hints, you can jump in. So this is not limited to squad. This is a, this is ski area in North America. Uh, but I try to do it based on ones that either I've skied with, uh, you know, are sort of common ski areas. So it's nothing too too out of the, out of this world. So here we go. Any questions? Doesn't matter. Here we go. First one: elevation, eleven thousand sixty-eight feet. Breckenridge. No. And that was your only guess. So you should, Laura, you should listen to all the clues and then guess. Uh, the, the, oh, I'm sorry. So it's elevation, uh, lift, uh, trail, lodge, and the state. Uh, and I have a backup one, Nolan, if you feel you're um, un, unfairly guess, guessing. Elevation, uh, 11,068 feet, Supreme Quad, Baldy Chutes, Peruvian Lodge, Utah. One guess. Maybe two guesses. I'll let you back in, Nolan. I'll let you back in. Snowbird. No. What? Laura. Because I ski there. Um, no, Peruvian. Shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah, no, it's Peruvian Lodge. Um, I thought that was a snowbird. So Alta. You are close. Correct. It is Alta. Laura. Here we go. All right. Next one. There's five. Elevation 6,732 feet. Thunderhead Express. Cowboy Coffee. Four Points Lodge. Colorado. It is not off I-70. What was the elevation again? 6,700 feet. It is in northern Steamboat. Colorado. Steamboat. Correct. Nolan on the board. Third one. Elevation, 8,637 feet. Lakeview Chair, Scotty's Beam, Chalet Restaurant, California. Correct. Laura. Elevation, 3,968 feet. Bonaventure Quad, Timbuktu, Stateside Base Lodge. Yes, Nolan. All right, last one, guys. Elevation, 8,540 feet. Crystal Express, Slalom Glade, Snowflake Lodge, Nevada. It's Diamond Peak. Nolan. Oh, my. Ah, wow, three to two. You guys are tied going into the last game. This is so exciting. All right, because we're running out of time, I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, ski news of the week-ish is the next segment before the final game. According to the Colorado Sun uh, recently, the lead article was feeding frenzy of uphill touring and gear rental sales due to early season closure. Again, uh, sad time in the ski area season. Uh, the memorable quote, though, was forget toilet paper. The hottest commodity in Colorado high country right now is alpine touring skis. So, um you know, maybe it's a great time for backcountry, but uh, the big thing is really got to find uh, a, a really out of the woods, uh, you know, uh, off the grid place to do it. Because uh, while it might be great for gear gear sales and rental shops, uh, we don't want people crowding. So uh, try to find those out of the wood places. And if you are first time backcountry skier, 
now is probably not the right time to start doing it unless you're with somebody who has uh, experienced. The general rule of practice is stick to public land. Uh, if you trespass on private land, you likely will be prosecuted. So um, try, to, try to stick to the U.S. Forest Service gate access location. Uh, always ski with a friend and uh, beware of snow conditions. Have safety gear, whistle, beacon, shovel. Um, and uh, be safe out there. All right, enough ski news. We are tied going into the final game, everybody. And the final game is last chair or last skier standing. This is literally a head-to-head -head matchup, guys. We are going Squaw Valley Ski Trail Names. You have to just take turns naming names until you either forget one, repeat, or get it wrong. Now, consensus will determine if we are correct or if we are wrong, since I don't know the entire mountain, but I can pull up a trail trail map. But I don't think we'll need to do that because we have two low we have two local skiers. So, and I'm actually going to play the game because I know a few a few of the trail names. So, all we're doing trail is trail names. Okay, wait. Is it trail names or like area names? Trail any I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow landmarks, but we're gonna try. Yeah, that's fine. We've been doing uh lifts in previous games, uh, last last uh, last chair games. Trail names, chair lifts, lodges, general landmarks are acceptable at Squaw Valley. So you are tied. So I will go first and I will say, um. <laughs> I will say KT22 is the peak, one of the six peaks. And I'm going to say Laura because you're in front of my screen. <clears throat> the alternates. The alternates. I don't know that that's a trail, but you seem confident in that guess. Nolan. Uh, so we, it can be chairlifts or trails? Trail lifts or chairs. And don't you dare pull up the ski map. I'm looking at you right now. Yeah, yeah. Look at me in the eyes. <laughs> Look at me in the eyes, Nolan. <laughs> you are so uh, cheating. All right. The, uh, we're cutting the right to it. At, uh, at What's that? No, we're doing Squaw Valley. Only Squaw. Okay. Uh, Five seconds. Five. What? Who to tell? All right. We're doing lifts are cool. That's fine. All right. Uh, back to me. Uh, I'm going to say um, uh, uh, Granite Chief. Oh, no, Shirley's. Uh, well, I don't know if it's right. Is Shirley's, is it Shirley's, Gla Shirley's, right? it's a chairlift, I think. Shirley's, I'm going to say Granite Peak. Shirley Lake Express. Shirley Lake Express. Shirley Lake Express. All right, I'll say Granite, <laughs> I'll just say Granite Chief because I know that's a peak. And I'm going to use the Shirley's, and that's, I guess that's Laura's. Back to you, Nolan. Uh, Big Blue. Big blue, back to me. Um, I'm gonna say um, Scott's Peak. Wait, that's at Alpine. Oh, I'm out. All right, it's down to you guys. Scott's Peak, yeah, that's on. That's at Alpine. Uh, okay, shoot seventy five. Shoot seventy five, Nolan. Uh, shoot <laughs> I try to blank right now. Um, five, four. Sherwood Express. Wait, that's also an alpine. I think we're out. I think Laura might have won. Uh, the fingers. And she going? won. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of pulled it right out from under you, Nolan. <laughs> 
Uh, I was done. I don't know any of the trail names. Isn't that something, man? It's it's too much. It really is. Like it's it's tough unless you like really well, know I'm the mountain. Like, uh, yeah. 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 No. It, so I think it's an interesting point about the the um, culture of East Coast versus West Coast because yep. East Coast is very focused on the names of the, the uh, runs, whereas the West Coast, because yep. a chairlift gets you to a whole area, it's more about like the names of the chairlift. Yeah, and then so skiers then left, skiers right, the certain and then you woods. Just do whatever, exactly, and then yeah. you just do whatever you want, and you meet your friends back at the bottom of that chairlift. Yep. Everything on the East Coast is roped off, and you, it's... Uh, not really the case here. Although that Tim, I just wanted to bring it up as an interesting point. I'm glad you did. It's I'm... A funny story. Uh, when I learned to always be looking, because they don't rope things off. Um, I was skiing in Utah one time, and uh, was just cruising along, and went over a lip, and went right between two cliff signs, and didn't see either one of them, and went right off a cliff. Oh, uh, definitely ski at your own risk in the West Coast for sure. Yes, that is uh, that is definitely um, that. <laughs> there's no more truth than that. I think I had a similar experience at Snowbird actually. Uh, same kind of thing. So much snow that the the cliff sign was actually. I mean, there's small cliff signs because there's so many of them. They got to yeah. put them everywhere. They're small. They got covered a, up. There's a part of Granite Chief that we used to call Clipperia because there was a sign <laughs> and it said Cliff Area, and we would just ski past it. We're like, oh, here we go to Clipperia. Tiparia. All right, so she, Laura, finally disclosed one of her little, t- one of her little lockdown places, hidden gems. Uh, everywhere. Yeah, really. It, I mean, it's no joke. I mean, uh, there's so many films, uh, you know, just professional ski films have been filmed at Squaw and, and just so many, uh, so many competitions that, I mean, I know we're talking recreation right now, but there's just so much fun to be had. It's just uh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, guys, we're really facing the last few minutes. Uh, we really call this final segment, Après Ski, sort of little last-minute final thoughts, uh, ru- you know, sort of round the horn. Anything else to add that we didn't get to? The, the time flies when you're having fun, and this has nothing, been, nothing but fun for me at least. Uh, final thoughts, last call. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Actually, no, stay home because you're not supposed to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Thank you so much, Jeff, for putting this together. This is super fun. I'm glad that you are keeping the conversation going, even in the face of uh, the challenges that we have right now with having to be home. Um, I'm encouraged in that I think I've heard that the numbers of skiers and riders has been actually increasing over the last few years. So just, you know, carpool as much as you can, guys climate change is real let's keep it snowing and um keep tahoe blue minimal, keep tahoe blue make the minimal <laughs> impact on the earth as you can and enjoy nature and enjoy being out in the snow thank you laura thank you laura couldn't have said it any better nolan what do you got can you top that i'm gonna guess no but uh, i'm gonna give you a shot i can't i wish i'd gone first <laughs> <laughs> what is on your mind right now nolan this is it final thought uh Ski fast, take chances? Basically, yeah. All right, all right. That's how Nolan, that's how Nolan rolls, everybody. Um, I'm just going to close it out by just... 
I'm just going to uh, also say that uh, there's a cool little movie I started watching, but then I got interrupted uh, on, I think it's on Netflix, Drop Everything by Matchstick Productions. I think it predominantly talks about Squaw, Squaw's history. Um, so check that out if you uh, have not already. I just want to close everything out by saying thank you, thank you to my guests, the awesome Nolan and Laura. Thank you to our listeners. Congratulations to our champion, Laura, who will be either receiving a PayPal Venmo payment for Bisquick tinfoil and stickers or a gift card to one of her favorite places in uh, the Tahoe area. Uh, Everybody listening, find us on Twitter at PowderHoundSkis. Even better, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just go to Powderhounds Podcasts. That's it. Until next time, see you on the slopes, powder hounds. And we.